Hello, my name is Nathan Foster, and welcome once again to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. So last week I did a follow-up interview with Andrew about spiritual retreats, and then this week I came across a ministry that leads retreats for pastors, and I thought it might be helpful to follow up on this idea of retreats again and interview the founder of Rhythms of Grace. It's interesting to me how these themes start to emerge. I suspect that some of us might need to attend to this and schedule some sort of retreat this summer. Or maybe it's just for me, huh? At any rate, my guest this week is Linda Gist. And in this interview, we talk about some of the issues leaders and pastors face and ways to be of help. Linda is the founder of Rhythms of Grace, a ministry for pastors in Sacramento, California. Enjoy. Hi, Linda. Hi, Nathan. Uh, it's so good to get to chat with you today. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm excited for the opportunity. <laughs> good, good. So you're a graduate of the Renovar Institute. Yes. And one of the um, kind of final projects that people do at the Institute is this kind of how to pass this on to 100 people. Is that Does that sound accurate? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, I found your project to be really, really interesting, and I wonder if you could share with us a little bit about what the project was and then kind of the backstory to leading up to why you chose this specific project. Yeah, okay. Um, so, so basically I do a retreat for pastors, and the backstory is pretty cool, and then I can get more into details about the retreat and whatnot, but... Um, God sort of brought together two streams in my life to bring me to this point of doing these retreats for pastors. Mm -hmm. So um, ever since pretty much my college years with InterVarsity and whatnot, I've had a real passion for spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we call it discipleship back then. But anyway, growing in our our intimacy with God and and, uh, becoming more like Christ. So that's been one stream, steady stream in my life. And I've also had a burden for pastors of people in vocational ministry most of my uh, adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that comes from just various leadership positions, again, from college on, but also um, from spending about six years overseas in France mm-hmm. in vocational ministry and experiencing firsthand the the loneliness, the isolation, the expectations of other people, finances, you know, mm-hmm. um, just the struggles there, and uh, it somehow and how it affected our marriage and our family, and then also in our time at Fuller Seminary, as we watched our friends launching into ministry and their experiences, and just seeing firsthand, uh, you know, what the battlefield is like out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've always had a heart for those in in vocational ministry and, you know, concern for them as people um, Mm -hmm. and how they're living out their their faith in the midst of ministry. So this retreat for pastors wasn't something that, you know, I'm like, oh, in 10 years, I'm going to do retreats for pastors. It was not on the radar for me (laughs) um, at that point. But at during the Institute, um, I'd been leading spiritual formation groups in our home mm-hmm. and kind of thought, oh, well, I'll use the, the final project to sort of beef up the curriculum or, you know, 
do something with the lay people in our home. But uh, I'll have to uh, credit or blame what whichever Gary <laughs> Moon for this, <laughs> because every time I went to talk to him about the project, the idea of a retreat kept coming up. He kept mentioning a retreat to the point where I started going, Lord, why does he keep talking to me about a retreat? I wasn't thinking about a retreat. Mm-hmm. And so the idea grew and I thought, well, I, I could do a retreat for our lay people, but I could also do a retreat for pastors mm-hmm. because of my concern for pastors. And uh, a cohort member said to me one time, well, what would you do if you had to pick between pastors and the lay people? And immediately I knew in my spirit that that's, that's mm-hmm. where I needed to focus. Yeah, so that's kind of how that launched. And I think for me, sort of the guiding question was where do pastors go to let their hair down, take off their pastor's hat, be refreshed and renewed in the Lord? Where can they find a safe place to sort of share their stuff, you know, and struggle with that? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of been a guiding question that, that I've been seeking to respond to in this mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the um, really interesting thing happened internally uh, at Renovari recently, where we did a, a survey of um, people who are kind of engaged with our email list and such. What we found was that half of our um, half of the respondents were in some kind of church leadership, but of those half, half of them weren't connected, felt a sense of loneliness or isolation uh, to it. And that statistic just keeps, you know, it's an informal research, but it just keeps coming back to me. Uh, And then, you know, thinking kind of personally of people I've met in uh, church ministry leadership, some of the loneliest people I've ever met. Why is this? Wow, that's a big question. Um, Personal opinion. Yeah. You know, I I think part of it is the expectations that are placed on people in leadership, especially pastors, Mm -hmm. uh, not only from them, from their congregation, but also themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're supposed to be at this certain standard or, you know, holier than thou. And so that creates a sort of division or an isolation, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that they can't be real, <laughs> you know, they can't make mistakes yep. because then they they destroy that image or whatever, that expectation. So I think that's part of it. Um, also, the burden we place on ourselves as mm-hmm. leaders that, you know, I have to be at this certain level, there's something wrong, so I can't, I can't reveal to anybody what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing. Um, there is almost this kind of isolation loop of, Others, uh, I've kind of set others up to expect this or that from me, and then uh, I kind of, you know, play into that, and um, mm-hmm. you're kind of caught mm-hmm. in this expectations that others have, and that you've, um, it's tricky. Yes, yes. And then, of course, you know, there's the experiences where they've been burned yep. in being vulnerable, Yep. and so that causes us as leaders, you know, to back away again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into that safe place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's just hard to find a place where you can be real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as much. I mean, I'm 
hoping that that's getting better in our day and age, but maybe not, you know. (laughs) How do you find that balance? Because, you know, there's being real that's appropriate and being real that's healthy. Um, How would someone in leadership strike that balance? I think one of the things that I share with the pastors who come to the retreat is, you know, it only takes, really, it only takes one person. Hmm. You know, if you can find, I mean, of course, you're not going to share your deepest struggles in front of the congregation necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but finding one person that you can really be real with, mm-hmm. who can hold you accountable, that's a that's a huge plus. And that may right need there. to be someone outside of your congregation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, I tell them, go outside your congregation, outside your family, you know. Remember that seminary buddy that you got along with who lives across the country? You know, connect with them and do it over Skype. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, think about people throughout your life journey that you've connected with and and intentionally connect with them on on a deeper level Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as sort of a spiritual friend or or mentor. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's so simple, but effective, helpful to have places where you can take that kind of leadership hat off a little bit and just be a human. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 I have two female pastors. We just meet once a month, every two months for lunch. And it's basically just a time for them to uh, maybe vent is a little bit too <laughs> strong of a word, but just let their hair down and go, man, this is what I'm. I'm really struggling in this area. And, and uh, for them, that's been very, it's, it's, it's not a huge program, you know, sure. it's not a huge commitment, but it does refresh them and give them uh, sort of the strength to keep going. It seems to be helpful, even something that small. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. You know, one of the, this is maybe a rabbit trail, but worth bringing up, I think. One of the things I found in uh, working with people in leadership uh, is that oftentimes uh, we get into this kind of one-sided intimacy that we're um, getting some of our own intimacy needs met by uh, not revealing ourselves or kind of, you know, uh, and it can be a kind of dangerous for people to where they kind of rehearse being closed to others. Um, I don't know if you observe yes. this. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, and it's it's a safe place as a, a, a you know as the leader. Mm-hmm. It's safe to let others open up to you, but then you sort of still have control, you know, where you're keeping that distance mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with them. And and you know that's probably a good word. We're not intentionally using them, but that that's practically what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to lay folk, people in a congregation that care deeply for their pastors, their leaders? Um, what are things they can do to be of help so that uh, their leaders are feeling kind of refreshed, feeling connected? Is there anything we can do? Good question. Good question. Well, obviously, pray. Pray for your <laughs> pastors and leaders. Uh, cut them slack. You know, um, uh, you know, affirm them, affirm them in what they do and who they are and not, you know, not always be finding things that are wrong or whatnot. (laughs) Um, And and I think, too, that's 
how do I say, that's a contagious attitude. Hmm. You know, if you hear people in the congregation criticizing or complaining or whatever, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's ways to sort of turn that around Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, say, yeah, well, you know, you know, we're not walking in their shoes and, you know, God has called them to this and it's a, it's not an easy, it's not an easy calling. And Mm -hmm. so we need to pray for our pastors. And so kind of, um, what's the word, steering the the negative comments into a more positive direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, inviting them over just to hang out, Mm. dinners, coffee, whatever, just take them out to ask them about their life story. I mean, you don't have to go into deep (laughs) issues or questions, but uh, yeah, just treat them as a friend. And encourage them to get away and take time mm. to care for themselves. Mm-hmm. Sponsor them to go to a retreat or whatever. Um, yeah. Give them that space to do their own self self care. Yeah, because most of us are reluctant to do that. And if those around us are not kind of encouraging or supportive of this really important work of finding yes. rest and being, you know spaces to connect with God, we're not going to be as inclined to do it, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Especially, you know, the board members or whatever, if they're not on board with that, it's hard to get away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had one pastor who came to the retreat and, and uh, explained to his board members, explained to everybody why he was going and whatnot. And as he's leaving, they all said, have a, have a nice vacation. And he just kind of (laughs) went, Oh, they didn't get it. <laughs> this is part of my calling. This is not vacation. It's yeah. Care of myself, you know. Well, see, that's the irony to it is that if our leaders are healthy, we're going to reap the benefits from that. Exactly. If their life with God is just deep and intimate and beautiful, we're going to, as congregants, reap the benefits of that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to convince the pastors that too sometimes. <laughs> right. A slicker message or uh, this, you know, a great persona is not necessarily what's helpful for the growth of our souls. Huh? Yes. 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 And, and you asked about vulnerability and whatnot. There's a pastor in, in Sacramento who's been very open with his congregation about his anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. He, he takes anxiety medication mm-hmm. and he's been very open uh with his congregation which you know i really admire him for that mm-hmm. it took a lot of guts uh, mm-hmm. and but, they responded well they yes. publicly shamed him no no <laughs> yeah exactly exactly back on the contrary they're like oh my gosh i can relate to you so much better now <laughs> yeah because uh, you're like me i heard a really interesting story so pastor friend was sharing with me about some kind of recent tragedies that he'd gone through and just kind of a breakdown of sorts. And he went to his board and was very kind of open with them. And they responded so well. And I don't remember the specifics, but it was, and he had kind of an extended kind of sabbatical uh, that they gave him. And then when he returned, it was Let's just let's just have you work three days a week, or you know something like that. And this was gone on for you know a, a six month year process. Here was the thing that was really interesting: is the way he felt loved and cared for 
by these people that he'd poured you know his life into for 20 odd years but in talking with some of the people on the board a number of them commented by basically saying you've set a new tone for us as a congregation of like you just said okay you're human and so am i and and some of them were saying i notice our conversations as a congregation have gone deeper and you've led the way for that and i thought how you know you being vulnerable as a leader being vulnerable and honest about the reality asking for your needs receiving them uh in a way that's really really helpful for your congregation and for you so yeah and i i think that's so true and yet it's it's scary to take that first step i think Um, so it's good to hear those stories and and realize yeah people are probably more willing to be caring and loving and gracious than we think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and of course there's plenty of bad stories out there too right right? unhealthy places where people get wounded so it's it's tricky yeah it takes discernment really does Mm -hmm. yeah what would you say to uh, a pastor who's maybe feeling um, overwhelmed or isolated, what are some things they could do to um, find a healthy rhythm to live out the call that God has for them? Well, there's lots of, uh, lots of resources out there. Um, obviously, there's, there's books, but that's, that's kind of an impersonal stepping stone. Well, let's start there, though. Uh, I, is, is there okay. a book or two that you okay. have found helpful for people? It's hard, hard because I, for me, it's most helpful when you're in, in journey with others doing mm-hmm. it. But I'm sorry, I'm blanking out here. <laughs> That's quite right. I'll, I'll start with one. Um, okay. And it, I mean, I wouldn't speak specifically to this, but I think it gives a beautiful picture of pastoral life. And that's Eugene Peterson's book, The Pastor. Yes. Have you read that, yes. that book? I haven't, but I, I wish I had. But uh, <laughs> okay. many people have said the same thing about it mm-hmm. have, have also you know recommended that i know alan badling has written um, the unhurried life yeah but he just published the unhurried leader i think I, the- I just got that in the mail last week yeah yeah so i i can imagine that would be very helpful mm-hmm. um gary moon's book apprenticeship with jesus uh-huh uh, is another good one. I, I just recently read one that's um, it's not so much a hands-on, here's what you do, but for me it, it's a really good paradigm shift for life with God, mm-hmm. you know, the life of being versus the life of doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's called With okay. by Sky Jatani. I think that's how he pronounces okay. Scott Hughes. I think he's connected with Christianity today. Or, hmm. um, but anyway, that's that's uh, for a vision mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what life could be like with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty powerful. Um, of course, uh, Richard Foster's books and Dallas Willard have been huge for me, sure. and I share them a lot with the pastors that I work with. I we've done some of the spiritual uh, workbooks. What they're called spiritual formation workbooks from mm-hmm. Renovari. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, th- I thought of one other book. Uh, now it has a book. I think it's called The Way of the Heart, and it focused on mm-hmm. leaders that I found really helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, beyond books, 
Yes. Well, Redivari conferences are awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm not getting paid to give that. That's where we met, isn't it? At the yes. retreat in That's a retreat in, in Point Loma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Covenant retreat many mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so, yeah, just finding a Redivari weekend retreat can mm-hmm. be huge because then you can begin to network with others um, mm-hmm. who are seeking some of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual direction mm-hmm. is also a good way to start. You know, it's a it feels more maybe more safe because it's one on one. It's confidential. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a fabulous uh, opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's bigger, uh, you know, longer term uh, journeys with uh, the apprenticeship series, the Renovari Institute. There's local things. So there's resources out there. Um, and sometimes it just takes, you know, perhaps leaders have colleagues that they sense sort of a kinship with or whatever, going to them and saying, hey, you know, what would you think about meeting together regularly to uh, just talk about our spiritual life? Mm. About what's going on, you know? <laughs> How novel. <laughs> I know, right? What a concept. <laughs> well, I think you're onto something there that when you create a culture on a church staff that has a certain level of, um, you know, healthy vulnerability, but where you're, you're asking each other these important questions that you are asking of your people, um, boy, it's rich, very helpful. I get concerned that, I mean, any of us, if we're not being asked those questions, whether we're in leadership or not, but particularly if you're in leadership, being asked the questions of, you know, where are you finding God and what are you and God up to and and having those spaces for people to explore uh, some of those things. That's just critical, I think. Right, right. I mean, where are we leading from? Are we leading from our emptiness or are we leading from the fullness of God within us? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, or well, oftentimes just the busyness and demands of ministry keeps us from even asking those questions, Mm -hmm. even recognizing that there is an emptiness there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so easy in our culture to just stay busy and stay yeah. results focused and mm-hmm. you know program oriented that we don't even really know what's going on mm-hmm. in, our, in our souls yeah yeah we don't even know ourselves <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah right right well, i wonder you hinted to it a little bit uh, but i wonder if some of the contributing factors to the state of affairs for uh you know americans and christian leadership and pastors is is this kind of success model um, this, you know, that we have to be growing and producing and, you know, numerically in buildings and money and such, but getting caught into that, um, yes. that kind of kills a pastoral soul or it, it can. Exactly. Exactly. There's that pressure for, for numbers, for results, for benchmarks. In fact, I was talking to a pastor yesterday he said, you know, gosh, I have this friend who's in the ministry and he's been sent out by this mega church to, you know, launch this new church. And he's got three years to do X, Y, Z, you know, mm-hmm. and he's just like, 
it's crushing him. Mm. It's crushing him. Mm-hmm. And it just, oh, you hear that, and it just makes you want to weep, you know. It's not what the kingdom's about. <laughs> right, right. Oh, one of the lines, I, I'm not sure where I picked it up, but it was, the short of it is, is that God does not call you to be successful. He calls you to be faithful. Yes. And and I found that just in my own life so freeing that I, just, I need to just show up and do it, you know, be faithful with what's before me. But these end results, uh, in one sense, they're not really my business. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. I, I work with it, but yeah, no, I that's been a very freeing uh, narrative for me as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, don't you think the success that we can have in ministry comes with its own problems, and sometimes it's very, very dangerous for our souls. Uh, yes, the, the, the things that you know, getting what we think we wanted in terms of yes. outcomes for our ministry could just be crushing to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it can be addicting in a sense, you know. It's like, and you want more and more, and yeah. <laughs> like, wow, it makes me feel really important, and you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and then we can feed into some of those intimacy needs, but also identity and worth. And um, I, I've heard of some pastors where, when they get together, they have a rule uh, that they're not allowed to talk about how big their churches are. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Isn't that nice? <laughs> Tell me about the retreats that, that you've been up to with pastors. Yes, gladly. Um, I just have to say from the get-go that this whole journey has been a really powerful season in my life of doing something with God mm. as opposed to doing it for Him, mm. if that makes sense. Huge shift, um, yes. Yes, Yes, and I have felt and seen the difference in my own life in amazing ways. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like being being carried on a wave in a sense. You know, I still have to stand on the board, but God's the wave, and He's just moving this forward. And yeah. wow, it's and that and again that going back to what we were saying, that comes more from uh, intentionally focusing my life in Him uh-huh. rather than rather than trying to do it in my own strength. So so we actually have three different things that we do, but the retreat is the main one. So it's a a two-day retreat. Uh, We do it midweek, so it doesn't interfere with the weekend. Mm -hmm. It's um, local. It's in the Sacramento area, so they don't have to go very far. There's a a beautiful uh, Catholic Passionates Retreat Center Mm -hmm. uh, that is plopped in the middle of the city, but you'd never know you're in the city when you're there. So very peaceful, very wonderful. So, um, yeah, it's a two-day retreat. starts at 9 the first day and goes all the way till 5 on the last, second day, so two full days. Uh, one overnight so that it's accessible. Okay. We try to keep the, keep the cost down, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the retreat itself is modeled or structured on the VIM model, vision, intention, and means. Mm, Dallas, yep. Yeah. So um, so we do some teaching slash vision casting sessions. Mm-hmm. To uh, A lot of times we're renewing or reminding them of what they already know, but maybe from a different angle or a different paradigm. Um, then each of those teaching sessions are followed by spiritual exercises mm-hmm. that they do either – 
one-on-one or in a small group or even sometimes as a large group. Um, we have intentional small group time. We have free time. Mm-hmm. So they could do Napsio Divina because they all need rest. <laughs> oh, they need it's Kipsio Divina, Linda, just, just oh. so you know. That's the Australian term. Kipsio. Okay, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew must have told you that one. <laughs> I, I did an interview with him last week, and, okay. and we decided Kipsio sound is yeah. that nice? Kipsio yeah. Divina. <laughs> okay, Napsio Divina works just fine. <laughs> Most people wouldn't have a clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Go um, take a nap with God. Yes. It's, that's it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So then we also have a big chunk the second day that's intentional silence and solitude. Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, so the goal in the, the time together is that they would connect at a deeper level with God and that they would connect with each other. So the content of the retreat is we start off talking about uh, relationship with God and the fact that God, the triune God, is already in relationship. That's the essence of who he is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we do a meditation on the Trinity icon to help them experience that relationship among the Trinity mm-hmm. and then God's invitation to us to join the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And that's just been, wow, really amazing to see the Spirit break through some of the, the cognitive wheels that are turning and, and really touch their hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of the pastors who was at the retreat recently came away from that saying, you know, I, I feel like the Lord's showing me that I've been too cerebral in my walk with him. Mm-hmm. And that I, that he's inviting me to enjoy him. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was like, okay, Lord, that was the price of admission right there. You know, <laughs> Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, so then we move into uh, more specifically friendship with God. Uh-huh. You know, what is friend- friendship with God? And we do a one-on-one exercise where they're um, basically asking themselves the question, where am I at in my relationship with God, in my friendship with God, and what do I need from God at this time in my life? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're journaling, they're praying about that, and then they get together and pray for one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and pray for one another in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, we also talk about narratives. Mm-hmm. You know, what is your narrative about God and yourself and how that might be creating a barrier mm-hmm. to intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. And then also how we can foster narratives that would help enhance our, mm-hmm. our intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, the second day, we kind of move into more the the concept of transformation, spiritual formation, Mm -hmm. which is really exciting because there are a lot of aha moments in that. Mm -hmm. We move into the more specifically spiritual disciplines, uh, what they are, why we do them, how how God uses them in our lives, and how they're not a means to an end, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they're a way to hang out with God and let him do the work he needs to do in our lives. Uh, And that's been really cool because, um, yeah, they come away with a new freedom, I Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we sort of open the box of of creativity of how you can be with God in very creative ways, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of your own 
regular daily routine. You know, it's not like, okay, now you need to add on 10 hours of this to your life, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then we finish off with a session intentionally talking about community and how you as leaders can find authentic community. Again, even if it's just one-on-one with another person Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. And then we give them an opportunity at the end to create their own vision, intention, and means statement. You know, what am I going to take away from this? Um, And we finish with communion, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. a really wonderful time to serve them. Communion, you know. Um, So that's kind of the the flow. Uh Mm -hmm. You're good. I was, um, I, I found it really compelling on your website, the video of, people talking and this kind of, I mean, to think that just a little over 24 hours, you know, or, you know, two days, one night, how meaningful this was, just the relational building, some space for them to be directed to connect with God. Just simple, but so beautiful. Yeah. Well, and, and the exciting thing for me is that I feel like in the retreat, we just set the stage for God. Yeah. Yeah. And invite them in. And then we, in a sense, kind of step back and watch God work. Yeah. And uh, that's very exciting, very freeing. That's great. That's great. You're a pastor to pastors, yes? I I don't have the title or the degree, but (laughs) that's what God's made. (laughs) I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's sort of like slipped into something that I can see now, looking back, God has prepared me for for a long time. But wouldn't it be beautiful if a day came when people going into full-time ministry, it was just part and parcel parcel to uh, the culture of leaders to tend to their own souls, to live a life that functions well with their energy and time. Um, Wouldn't it be cool if it was just known as a profession of people who care well for themselves and their souls and extend that to others? Wow, that, yeah, that's a, that gives me chills. That's a wonderful dream, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. The Father's heart. I think so. Well, and, and I'm, I'm with you in your passion for this because the, um, well, one, people who are going to you know, commit their lives to work, um, for it to chew them up so badly is just heartbreaking. But also just you know, the effects on a congregation. And when you have healthy leadership, you often have a healthy congregation. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, You can only fake it for so long. <laughs> right, right. Well, I so appreciate you sharing with us what you're working on. Um, I mean, this is primarily for uh, what you're doing is primarily for pastors in the Sacramento area, but I assume if someone wanted to come out. You absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have a couple of pastors out of state who are trying to find a time to, to come in and yeah, that would be wonderful. Excellent. And, and they can find out more on your website. Yes, exactly. Is it rhythms of grace, ca.org? Yes. All right. Yes. CA for California. Mm-hmm. You had to throw that one in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Linda. Very helpful. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Nathan. Well, there you have it. If you'd like to find out more information about Linda's work, once again, her website is rhythmsofgraceca.org. That's rhythmsofgraceca.org. 
So the Renovari offices are closed this next week, so we won't be running a new podcast this coming Monday, but I'll see you the following Monday. Hey, thank you so much for listening and have a great two weeks.